Welcome to the Experts Podcast, where we take you behind the scenes of what it really means to be in the media. Featuring interviews with media stable experts and some of Australia's most prominent media, we'll break down some of the myths, the fears, the skills and the knowledge needed to succeed in the media. The Experts Podcast is for the business owner, communicator, PR professional, leader of industry or anyone looking to develop their profile to be a recognised expert. The Experts Podcast is powered by Media Stable. Well, hello everyone and welcome to the Experts Podcast, another podcast around experts and media. Hello, Lana Hill. Hello, Nick Hayes. You, you always look at me a little bit strangely, <laughs> Esther, so how are we going to kick this off here yeah, today? Yeah, it's always a slight mystery, but I like that, I yeah, like well, that. You've got to keep everyone on their Thought toes. Got to be unpredictable. <laughs> There's an industry that's going around, though. There's an industry that's going around that is and has had to be on its toes. Yes. In some cases, had its toes cut off in many cases. It's uh, very graphic. Well, yeah, I know. Oh, God, that doesn't <laughs> seems. yeah, that seems a little sort of... Keep uh, going, you're right. Yeah, all right, good, thank you. Um, <laughs> It's maybe not that bad, but it's it's an industry that obviously it needs it needs people travelling freely across borders, yep. international borders particularly. And I thought, well, what, what better person to get on? Geez, we've led this in beautifully, haven't we? Then an immigration consultant. Her name's Melanie McFarlane. Hello, Melanie. Hello, Nick. How are you? Oh, very well, thank you, and thanks for coming on. I thought this is this is a an incredible time for the way that business and the industry is going, coming out of a pandemic, coming out of, and we, we, should, we should say we're not out of there yet. Yeah, we're, we're not, not out quite of the there yet, are we? But it's it's been obviously a big big issue there for you and and your industry bringing over students to fill our universities, which is is one of our biggest businesses that the Australians produce, is our university sector, our education platforms. Um, How's it been, Melanie? How's the last 12 months been? Well, it was an interesting analogy. You're talking about toes being cut off. I think maybe fingers as well. But if we're going to get that graphic, but I've been selling. We're, get, we're, get, we're, we're getting very mafioso, very there. I, I sort of, I, I, when I was describing it, I'm going, "Why am I saying this?" <laughs> well, I suppose. I mean, it has been. It's they've been trying times. You know, I see you don't expect the pandemic to come along. And not just that, but, you know, for borders to be closed, which, as you've mentioned, is absolutely, you know, it's cutting off the lifeblood. There's that image again of your business um, because you need those borders to be open. And even state borders being closed has been problematic, actually, here in in Australia. But, yeah, so it's been been a tough time. Um, It's certainly been a time to... uh, to be on your toes and uh, and to re you know look at, at exactly what's happening in your business. I mean, we've become even more global. For example, in, in my business, as we deal with both international education and then all the other aspects of immigration, but we've looked at uh, other markets outside of Australia. It kind of saddens me to say, but I mean, it's it's a realistic way of um, of, uh, grow, of growing the business at the same time. Actually, is losing aspects of it. So, Melanie, obviously you're a migration expert and we're, we're fans of yours here at uh, Media Stable and the Experts Podcast, but you can can you tell the listeners what it is you actually do? Yes, of course. Um, thanks, Lana. Um, yes, yeah, so I'm so I'm a, a, an immigration consultant, so I assist uh, both individuals and employers, actually, with, uh, with various visa types including in, uh, sponsoring um, individuals to work here in Australia. There's lots of industries where there's a need for skilled migrants 
Um, and then I also run a large education consultancy um, uh, where, with my husband also, who is Colombian, and we have offices in Colombia and Chile and Mexico. So wow. we normally bring a lot of students here. Yeah. So international. That is yes, and, and, absolutely. And, and 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 I guess that has been with the borders closed and with the fact that it's not just you know here I am stressing about going over to Sydney or Melbourne, <laughs> let True. alone coming across an international border. I mean they're just closed. Um, and you just mentioned earlier before Melanie that you know when times like this you have to sort of pivot. Twenty twenty word of the year. Um, you know you have to change because if you don't, you don't. You're not going to go any further. You've got to. You've exactly. got to adapt and to the times that are there. So what have been the adaptions? What have you done to change uh, your business? Well, to change. I mean, I'll just. I suppose I'll look at that on the whole. I know you've asked about my business, but of course. Everybody's had to pivot within the international sure. education sector and provide, you know, online classes and courses. And um, I, I know there's even some hubs that are springing up in different countries uh, to facilitate the online learning for those students so they can get together in different places and cities. But, yeah, from our point of view, um, we last year initially it was all about actually helping the international students um, who suddenly found themselves without jobs, um, and with parents overseas whose business, businesses were collapsing and so on. So it was about actually helping them initially and moving into a kind of a, more of what we were already doing, which is, uh, I suppose, providing mental health uh, and wellness um, uh, programs um, for bringing on psychologists and what have you to help help the students and um, uh, job coaches and, and so on and, and so forth. But, but then also looking at, um, as I mentioned, uh, other countries and sending to other countries because Canada actually and the UK, they opened their doors again to international students in October of last year. Wow. I mean, albeit for smaller groups of people, that's right. So, so we've also, and, and believe it or not, we're actually sending students to Malta, um, of all places from mm. Latin America to study English there, which is so interesting, isn't it? It's not where you would have thought. Well, especially and, you know, with, English language colleges would be especially with Canada and its its COVID numbers at the moment. I mean, it's in it's in crisis. Yeah, um, you know, and the reason I I feel for you, Melanie, and what you do is that you know Australia has been relatively let off by this pandemic. We, you know, when you talk so about it in the big scheme of things, <laughs> no, when you talk about it in the big scheme of things, yes, we have been know, very lucky. Well, we're just it's just in the global geographic position that we're yeah. in, we're able to keep control. But I I'm wondering, Melanie, because this is the big thing here is that we, we may not necessarily know that education is one of the biggest industries that Australia has, and particularly on the university sector. Certainly. Um, it has a, an enormous appeal because, one, it's safe. Yep. It's very high quality. Um, it's also too, it's relatively affordable when you talk about it in the big scheme of things. And it's just such an important thing for industry here in Australia. We, why haven't we opened up the doors? Why haven't we put in hubs? Why haven't we taken this a little bit more serious as far as trying to get this industry back on its feet? Well, yeah, that's such a big question. I mean, because it is, as you say, you know, this is um, international education actually is Australia's fourth largest export industry. Wow. It was bringing in something like $40 billion um, prior to covid and it's not just the, the well, obviously, it's the money, but it's, it's the jobs creating 240,000 mm. jobs um, by the end of 2018, um, which is significant when you look at something like iron ore, which is actually 
in fact, only creating 100,000. Wow. Um, in comparison. So, you know, it's really, it's interesting. Um, and because it's a service industry, so it's obviously people-led, and that's how it creates so many jobs. Um, and, but, but yeah, it, it has been, um, it, 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 it has been hit uh, uh, very hard. And the Australian government, I think, the issue is it has, you mentioned politics earlier, um, it, it is a bit political, um, this is an industry that it's not like tourism, which brings in people for short periods of time and then they go away again or what have you. With international students, they'll come in, they'll settle in the country. Some of them have great skill sets and they'll, they'll actually be able to stay through different pathways. I mean, even though the government has actually made it much more difficult for students to, to stay here in the last three or four years with, with um, changing immigration pathways and what have you, there, there seems to be... I don't know what I want to call it, a certain amount of uh, paranoia around around uh, students staying and too many high immigration numbers and so on. But it is it is very, very political and students don't vote. Um, yeah. No temporary migrant can vote. And I think that seems to be the conclusion that we've all drawn, even whilst we're seeing, you know, accommodation providers around the city. The, the mayor of Sydney has actually written a letter to Scott Morrison, actually, for example, to say that um, this is a real issue that it's creating and can create even further job loss in the absence of JobKeeper no longer um, being around. So, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's very political. This is what it comes down to, actually. Oh, without doubt, politics is playing an enormous part in this, and, and, it, and it will, and, and, and many will say too, look, let's keep everyone out. I mean, you know, the, even in some cases, uh, people have been wanting to keep Australians out of Australia if they're overseas during this time. It, it has become very political, but yeah. what, yeah. I, what I'm... And emotional. And emotional, for sure. Um, but what mm. I'm concerned about is when do we flick the switch back when do we flick the switch back to when we can open those doors and start to build up those industries again? Because I know a lot of people in the education sector that have been completely and utterly decimated, whether they be a lecturer, whether they be a support service to the universities, or whether they um, you know, might have that coffee shop sitting down in the, you know, right and close to a campus. They have just lost everything because there's just no traffic through there. And the Australians can't keep up with the demand. Many will say, oh, look, Australian universities, universities, let's keep them for Australians. They, they weren't built for that. No, that's true. I think, uh, yeah, playing devil's advocate, though, I think the, the situation, I think, in terms of letting people back into the country, won't, won't it won't happen until we see overseas that the situation is stabilised. And it's certainly not happening yet overseas. In fact, it's arguably as bad as it's ever been. So that's, I think, the problem that, you know, that the providers yeah. need to face in this sector. Do, do you see that, Melanie? Do you see the same? Yes. Yes, yes, I, I agree, um, Lana, with what you've just said as well, because, um, and certainly what you've been uh, mentioning, Nick, about, you know, the, the ripple-on effect of students not being here. Um, but yes, certainly, um, th- th- of course, there's health, ma- major health issues, and you don't want to bring in a whole bunch of people who, who then you don't have safe quarantine options for, uh, and, and then, you know, after having all of this wonderful time, where we've been able to go back, almost go back to normal life in, in many states. I know there's been issues in Brisbane just recently. Um, then, you know, that could all come undone and, and become unraveled. So I, I totally understand that. Um, and, and quarantine has been a big part of this. Um, New South Wales, I believe it is um, today or just over the last few days, have announced that they are going to look at 
um, uh, they're putting out a tender to um, quarantine providers, to, to accommodation providers, mm. to put forward safe quarantine solutions. So yes, that 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 certainly that certainly is, is an issue. But but there's just been it's just and but the thing is, you know, we, we're not all vaccinated here yet, and I know there doesn't seem to be a rush to do it because we're all pretty much safe um, by and large. But the problem with that is if you don't get everybody vaccinated here and people are not vaccinated overseas, then you'll never be able to get this travel going again. Exactly. And, uh, you know, it'll be never-ending. And the other issue with the universities, <laughs> I, was, I should stop talking now, shouldn't I? Oh, no, I know. Keep Not kidding. at all. Well, this is, this what... is your podcast. <laughs> well... I know, but I'm thinking, like, even from the point of view of, uh, of media and making your point. But, yeah, there's one more point I did make, I did want to mention, is the universities. Um, you know, it's not just the universities that are included here. You've also got the vocational providers and the English language colleges. Sure. Colleges, in fact, they're at the forefront because they they're they're running out of students now because any student you were studying has now gone on to other other options. Yeah. And the universities, they were well, they were they were underfunded at, at some point some years ago, and so they they pivoted themselves at that time to yeah. international students, and now. Now it seems they're getting their comeuppance, but you know, you think, well, there needs to be some balance somewhere. Government needs to recognise this. You've been getting a little bit of media of late. It's uh, it's it's good to see some great media. Yeah. What what's what's been what's <laughs> been the highlight? What what have you been doing that's that's that sort of uh, oh god, this is this is a little bit more than the norm. What have, what have you done there, Melanie? Yeah, well, it's been great. I was speaking to the ABC recently and featured in their online article and on the um, TV. Because, and that article was very interesting because it was about population and um, the fact that Australia, Australia's population is actually looking at declining over the next year or so because of the lack of, because of borders being closed. Wow. And in fact, it's, it, it, but, and population is in fact important, you know, for the economy. Um, because obviously more people, more paying taxes. Again, it needs to be sustainable population growth and what have you. But to go into decline mm. when, you know, we've got an aging population, um, taxes need to be paid in order to support them as well. It's, it's not, it's not really good for a country to be going into, into that area. Um, and then, yes. And, and so, so having that kind of, um, access to the media and being able to, uh, help to, I suppose, educate the general public about these types of issues, it's still very important um, because so many people when we went into the pandemic really had no idea about Australia's fourth largest export industry and, and the impact, you know, on the economy and I, how important it is. I don't think they did either too, Melanie. I don't think they were anywhere near aware of what was going on there. And I think, you know, we, we've also talked a lot about immigration. We've talked about immigration leading up to the pandemic as to um, being questioned as to how much, where the, where people are coming from, uh, people's control. Because before this, before we're even talking about pandemics, we're talking about, you know, big issues like terrorism and, and things that come with different cultures and from different countries and people being protective. Melanie, have you seen the change in conversation, though, when it comes to immigration, though, realising that some people, for instance, their their coffee shop might not, he's looking for staff or those sort of migrating travellers that would come in and either live here or even holiday here. Immigration, migration, it, it has just completely dropped off. The, the society doesn't run without it. 
Yeah, that's that's right. That's so true. And I mean, you know, I mean, it's not you'd never wish to have wish a pandemic upon the world, but there's no doubt it has has made those types of things much more transparent, which is no bad thing because Australia is, you know, I mean, Australia enjoyed what twenty six plus years of of strong economic growth prior to COVID. And during that time, I don't think it's any coincidence that the temporary and permanent migration figures were actually on the up too. Mm. And as you say, you know, we work a lot, for example, with the industry of hospitality and we haven't seen any decline in the number of sponsorships, for example, for chefs during this time. Um, employers have continued to sponsor. Yep. Uh, you're right in that a lot of um, those same hospitality outlets have been saying, wow, this is tough because, you know, we normally depend on backpackers and uh, international students to help us out. Um, this could be more of a transient job for Australians. Aged care is another sector. I mean, international students have been allowed to work full time during aged care, which has been declared, you know, a critical sector. Childcare as well, another area that we work in too. Um, and agriculture has been a big one. I was talking to a um, uh, a farmer in uh, Victoria, in rural Victoria, just the other day, and he was talking about how how dire it is at the moment because you know in the all they just don't have the seasonal workers coming in that they normally do. And mm. these, you know, and I mean, I've I've noticed even in my daily shop and trying to go, you know, getting uh, buying apples and things like that, prices have gone up in yes. supermarkets. Oh, and, and that, that's no coincidence either. No, it's not. It's because the the pickers aren't out there, and there's limited stocks, and there's it's costing more to put them out there because those that would traditionally fill those spots aren't there, and it's becoming at quite a cost. Oh, you know what, Melanie? I, I look. I know migration might not seem to be cool, but you're making migration very, very cool. <laughs> and 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 by that, but I, but I mean that very cool as in a, a topic that we really do need to to address. And, and I think moving forward, the fact that you mentioned aged care, the fact that you mentioned uh, hospitality, the fact that you mentioned agriculture are all areas and industries that are filled Very true. with those that travel or do come from overseas. Yep. And, and it is something that unless we're prepared to go and do the jobs and work ourselves, um, we need good migration coming through. I think that, and the reason I'm saying cool, I sorry, shouldn't really say it like that, but I think it's such a topic that we need to be addressing and working with more effectively and better moving forward because without it, we, we do struggle to, to exist. We struggle to get, get the things moving. I think it's about finding that balance, though, as well because I think some mm. of the issues that we face in society are about population growth. So I guess maybe I'm but being... population a- in a decline, though, Lana, we've never had one of those. I don't no, think we've ever no, had one No, no, I agree. And maybe I'm being a typical millennial here, but I'm just also, you know, there are some problems that you would say need to be addressed before we get even more population coming into the country. Uh, That's all I'm so saying. I, I see it very differently. Melanie, how do you see it? And I dare say, <laughs> being a migration consultant, you're going to want to see more coming through. Yeah, I am. But I, I understand. I get all of those issues uh, that you're talking about. I mean, agriculture is one where there's been a lot of exploitation, for example, sure. and that, that was highlighted in the media earlier on. Um, and these are all areas, and they're, they're definitely things that need to be looked at. Um, there's certainly, I would say, there's a lot of more research going on in that in that type of um, area, as in that type of exploitation, and making sure that, for example, international students are well informed about how much they need to be paid and so on and and so forth. So all of those, I do see a lot of those issues being addressed, and I, I think you're right. This is probably a good time to be looking at that before then the 
Because at some point the borders will be open. Of course they will. They'll just have to be. I mean, Australians are going to want to leave as well. But yes, they, they are issues. I, but I also look at um, what the government has done, as I said, in the last three to four years in terms of tightening up um, immigration, uh, the way in which people can ultimately migrate permanently. It's not as easy. There's a lot of emphasis now on employer sponsorship. There is, there, you know, the state and territory governments are identifying more fraud when they need to. Um, it, it's much easier to do so because of the technology that is available these days. So I, there's a lot of those issues are actually being um, developed and uh, are being dealt, dealt with. Um, and but but immigration, I think it, it, it is necessary. I mean, another figure, you know, is that 65% of engineers in Australia are actually from overseas. And I heard a statistic from um, someone who's in the oil and gas industry at the Regional Australia Institute conference that I, I went to in Canberra a couple of weeks ago. That last year, only um, six there were six graduates in uh, petroleum engineering in Australia. Wow. It's quite incredible for yeah. Australian. So there's a lot that needs to be, I think, done as well, on the other hand, in terms of, yes, immigration is important, but yes, training and, and encouraging training and upskilling of Australians in certain areas, but maybe some recognition um, that some areas will always be more transient and migrants can come in as long as that, that is controlled and there are numbers, you know, there are quotas and so on, which, but frankly, all of that exists. All yes. that exists right now. So there very much are a lot of controls in place. It just happens to be, I think, a lot of, you know, government policies these days tend to be about divide and conquer rather than unite. And I and I think that more attention needs to be drawn to the success stories of um, immigration you can tell rather what- than... You can, tell, you can tell why this woman is yeah. very good with media. I was media. just about to say what a fantastic segue, Nikkei. Uh, Over ta- to you. Yeah, you can tell. What, no, but you can tell just in the conversation. And she's got a wonderful laugh. Yeah. Um, it is. But you can tell just in that conversational piece because it is a thinking piece. It really is. It's and fantastic. I don't think we... As, as a country, really thought about migration as heavily as what we have. One I want to throw to you here, Melanie, is the one that I think most businesses and most organisations have been able to deal with, in, and that is that work from home, work away yes. from the office. digital. Um, gone a lot more digital. And that also then suggests that uh, offshoring of staff, um, offshoring of, of workforces could potentially come into play. That might not necessarily play into your game, because being that you're encouraging people to come over that live here, do what they're doing and, and be who they want to be. But has that pandemic probably changed the way that the work dynamic is, is that we are able to work from home, we are a way to, uh, able to work away from the boss and, and still be productive and still get uh, the work done? Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting one too, isn't it? And, and certainly I can see there's a lot more offshoring happening. Um, uh, and um, I mean, I'm happy to... Uh, to always move my business in whichever way it needs to go um, and and become more global and what have you as as necessary because I'm always realistic about what is going on in the world and what what needs to be done where the needs are and so on um, but um, I mean from a, our own business point of view certainly we uh, manage very well with uh, people working uh, from home and some still are I think it is, I think it's all about uh, productivity. And having measurements 
um, about people's um, productivity. And as long as you have those fully in place and you keep people inspired and motivated, then absolutely, then it's um, then, then it can work extremely well. Um, having said all of that, there are some areas, like some of those industries that I've mentioned, like aged care, childcare, hospitality, and agriculture, where you can't... Actually, agriculture, you can do a lot more things, a lot more machinery coming in to automate tasks and what have you. Of course, there's a lot of that. A lot of that, but where you've got the human connection sure. um, and the front line is like the healthcare workers, of course, I think so important in COVID, and those then, then that's more difficult. You can't so, have you yeah, can't, it's a bit of a balance. You can't have the baristas working from home, can you? Or they they can, but they're, <laughs> they're only serving one or two. So true. That's something I'm not. I don't know about the. <laughs> It's a virtual coffee. Exactly. Not willing to sacrifice on that, are we? (laughs) No, definitely not. Um, Melanie, I dare say you're about to be one of the most busiest people running around, though, over the next 12 months, because I dare say that with your experience and the direction that the the whole globe is going, is that we we need to get back on track. So I I guess I now pose the question, what what are you looking forward to do? What What are you hoping to do in the media as you're sort of looking into that sort of uh, hourglass, sorry, I shouldn't say hourglass, that, what, do they, what do they call that, that crystal ball, looking into the future as to what, what media might be looking for you and, and advice because I, I think we need to open the doors. We need to get back on track. Yeah, I think so. You know that incident in the, um, the Suez Canal, it's a funny one to bring up with that ship getting stuck there. And it, I, I think that, that's something to bear in mind because, you know, it's caused all these countries to start looking at their supply chains yes. and what have you and, it, and and making people a bit more introspective and, you know, uh, inclining towards more um, uh, protectionism and what have you. My, my whole thing is, is, um, is no to that. And to more to right um, is to to open up the world again to to see that uh, immigration makes the world go round. I mean, all the returning Australians, for example, the ones who want to come back, they've all been working in countries all around the world. Mm. Um, and you know, it's about skill sets uh, going around the world, uh, people movement. And yes, maybe some people, I think there definitely will be more jobs that you can do from home. You may not have to go to those countries and what have you. But it's about, uh, as I mentioned before, it's about opening up the uh, eyes of the public in general and the world to the benefits of immigration and globalization and making sure that that continues. It's been happening for, for many, many years and it would be nice to see it continuing, albeit in different, perhaps some different ways. But, but just making sure that there's really positive messaging going out. So is that the role that media has played in in your business, Melanie? I mean, as we touched on earlier, you've had some incredibly, I think, some fantastic media, SBS, um, you know, I think the Sydney Morning Herald, mm. um, you know, fantastic yeah. national media. Is, is that what it's done for you? It's about generating that positive discussion around why we need, you know, why we need this in our society? Yes. Yes, absolutely. That's exactly what it's done. So um, I'm very grateful to Media Stable, actually, for assisting um, to help me, you know, to be in touch with all of these, um, all of the different media people in the different areas. Because, yes, it, that, that, anything, that I, anything I can do to get that positive messaging out there, um, and it's, it, you know, it, it's just so important for everybody to, to, to hear what's going on and to hear about 
immigration, international education, because as I said, it really wasn't much of a talking point or it was much more negative prior mm. to COVID. So it's, it's great to see this becoming more positive. And, you know, everyone's entitled to their own opinions, but it's just good to have that conversation going yeah, and but- to get some positive things out there. Melanie, you're spot on there when you said it was always it was always quite negative. And I think this is where I think the conversation is starting to change. I think we're going to start to see the conversation change in that um, if we want to return to any form of normalcy or any sort of the old ways that we were, we, we do need to open up the borders and be a little bit more open with it. But also too, I think that the conversation's changed as well. I just think that the way, and particularly with what's going on in federal politics, whether it be um, the what's going up there on the hill and the and the culture that's there i think that we also are being a little bit more empathetic and realization a realization that um overseas people do make this country go round it does provide essential services and work for people in the aged care industry whether it be agriculture we are we are needing these people and i think that conversation is starting to change yes i agree absolutely and that i mean and that's fantastic you know, my uh, my company's mantra is happy people, happy world. And it may sound very simplistic, but there's a really deep underlying meaning to that. I actually believe that we, we are already happy people in a happy world, even though I know there's a lot of problems. There's poverty around the world. There's obviously COVID all over the place right now. But, <laughs> but it's about revealing that, actually. It's about revealing it. And, um, and uh, yeah, and then we can all live... A much more relaxed, peaceful life. To happy be people, happy I world. I know you're Hello. clearly a glass is half full person, Melanie McFarlane. We love that on the Experts <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> and before we let you go, before we let you go, I mean, the media has, I think, um, has been. Pro- well, you, you say that you're for- you're fortunate that you've been able to get your word out. I'll take it another stance. I think the media is fortunate to hear from you. Yeah. I think that your content, your information, your education, and also to awareness is just something that's going to be so, uh, that's so much needed right now, but even more so as we sort of uh, transport ourselves into the next 12 months. I'm really looking forward to seeing how we come out of this and, and doing it smartly because you can't leave it to the bureaucrats and the government officials to make all of the, oh, well, they make all the decisions, but they need people, smart people. Yes, ain't that the truth? Innovative, yeah, compassionate, forward-thinking people like Melanie. Righto, Melanie, before we let you go, um, i just got to ask <laughs> a question. You. How did you get into this? How did you do this? What, 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 very quickly, how did you become an immigration consultant? And you, you, your husband, you mentioned your husband, a Colombian husband. Is, is that yes, where it all started? Actually, I owe this all to uh, an Australian who runs a business here in international education when I came out to Australia. I had a background in international education. He wanted somebody to set up an education consultancy, an immigration agency, and he helped me to get my um, my license. And um, a few years later, I ended up leaving that business, setting up my own. Um, and so, and, and that's... I have a fairly international background myself. I grew up in Vanuatu. Then my parents lived in Indonesia. I was actually born in West Africa. <laughs> I, I guess I just, this is my destiny. It's I in think. your blood. It's, <laughs> was, That's pretty cool. It was in your blood from the beginning. You had no choice. That's fantastic. Hey, Melanie, great to have you on the Experts Podcast. If people want to get in contact with you, what's the best way to do it? My a good question. My uh, my my website or my email address. 
Melanie at mmmigration.com.au or my mobile number. 0407 Oh, I love it. That's only the second time we've had a mobile number dropped on the podcast. Yeah, watch out for all the calls now, <laughs> I Melanie. like it. Watch out for all the calls. <laughs> They're coming at you. Hey, um, great great to have you on the experts. <laughs> I love your laugh. Um, um, it's better than Lana's. It I think, is. I'm, I agree. I'm, I'm bringing you yeah, in for my laugh. Yep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> We've. It was great to have you on the Experts Podcast. I, again, like I say, I think it's a really it's a time when this particular issue may not have been addressed or might have been looked at in a negative light. I see it only as positive moving forward, and uh, and good to have you at the helm there, Melanie. Well done. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Thanks Melanie. That was Melanie McFarlane from MM Immigration, a, a real trailblazer when it comes to all things migration. Yeah. And a real top hot issue that we're going to be looking at over the next 12 months without any doubt and uh, looking forward to seeing what comes there from Melanie. Hey, another good one, Lana. Yeah, fantastic discussion. Well, Loved it. Well, well yeah, the only thing that's going to beat that is maybe next week. Who when knows? We, when we talk to another expert or to another media, but I tell you what, they've got a big job in front of them. I know. They'll ha- you'll have to tune in. We'll see you next week. You have been listening to the Experts Podcast, powered by Media Stable. To get in touch with the team, head to the Media Stable website, mediastable.com.au.